My scars remind me that I did indeed survive my deepest wounds. That in itself is an accomplishment. And they bring to mind something else too. They remind me that the damage that life has inflicted on me has, in many places, left me stronger and more resilient. What hurts me in the past has actually made me better equipped to face the present. That is a quote by Steve Goodyear. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 32. Before we get into the show, I would like to remind you to please go out to iTunes to rate, review, and comment. I will greatly appreciate it, and it will help others find Trina Talk so that they can have weekly inspiration as well. Also, I would like to let you guys know that I have started a YouTube channel. I will be posting videos every week on leadership, goal setting, just inspiration, any kind of things that I can share to help you get to whatever that next level is that you want to achieve in your life. So I would greatly appreciate if you give me some feedback. Let me know the things that you may want to have me discuss and tips that you may want me to share. My email address is trinatalk at trinamartin.com. And also one more announcement, starting here soon, maybe next week, I'm going to start interviewing men here and there. Now, women, I know the show is for you, but men have reached out and they said that they have a lot of inspiration and motivation that they can share that will help and benefit women. So I want to hear their point of view, and I think you'll find it interesting as well. So I'm going to do a couple episodes and then I need your feedback on whether you like having the men on, if they add value or whatever the case might be. I'm listening. So please feel free to give me your feedback. Now on with this week's episode. The topic this week is be resilient. My guest this week is Kathy Delatore. Kathy's mission is to seek and share positive stories of how others overcome adversity in an effort to spread good news. With a bachelor's degree in photojournalism, Kathy honed her skills in finding and shooting positive news stories while working at a daily newspaper. Her other past careers include legal secretary, co-owner of a premier wedding and event photography company, real estate agent, coach, and podcaster. While using her real estate skills, she has invested in several rental properties, learned about earning passive income, and has now began a roving semi-retired life. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Trina. It's a pleasure being here. Well, you know, I am so happy that you're here with me, and I've been reading your bio, and you have an exciting um, background, very interesting, and you have a podcast as well, and you are doing things similar to what I'm doing on this podcast as far as inspiring others and having people on your show that 
um, you're having inspirational conversations with. Um, Tell me how you decided to come about doing that. Okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I host the Inspire Cafe podcast and the theme is to interview people who have overcome some kind of adversity, but they came out of it with a positive outcome. And the reason why I started it was twofold. One is I'm a former photojournalist. I just, I'm I'm extremely curious person and I love shooting good news. That was my shtick. I wanted to go out find good news. So that way I would, didn't have to go shoot the bad news. Um, And the second reason is because I have my own story of overcoming adversity and it just made me lead to like, how do other people get through this process? People are so resilient and they are so remarkable. And I just, I had to find out how, how do people um, live through this and then come out positive with a positive attitude, positive outcome. And I just like, I wanted to know more. And so, you know, there are a lot of great resources. There's books and, and other podcasts, et cetera. But I, my questions weren't being asked. And so I started the podcast. And so I get to interview these people and get to ask them the, these questions myself. Okay. Well, that is just great. I'm loving that. But you talked about some of the trauma that you've been through. Can you go into detail with that and, and, and tell us about your story? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I would be happy to. So my story is at a very young age, I got married very young to my high school sweetheart and we didn't live together before we got married. We moved in together and I noticed that his personality towards me started changing and it turned into mental abuse, verbal abuse. It got worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I noticed that my personality was changing. I was starting to feel, believe the things that he was saying. I was starting to feel like I was being brainwashed almost. And, and so I was succumbing to everything that he was saying that I was stupid. I was worthless. I was no good. You know, I'm not capable of doing anything right. And, and so my personality changed. Eventually it, even got worse, even more so than that. And what happened was it ended up being where he was raping me on a regular basis. So that was my adversity. Now I got myself out of that and I escaped my marriage, but my trauma didn't end there because I kept having nightmares and flashbacks and I guess you call it PTSD. I've never been formally diagnosed, but it all makes sense. And so I learned how to overcome my memories. And so in a sense that if I got a trigger for a flashback, I learned a method so that way I didn't have to relive it. I didn't wasn't being taken back to where I was way back, way back then. And once I learned how to do that, it just like opened my eyes to a whole new life and just so much happier now. Great. You know, and thank you for sharing that um, with me. Um, I know that's, that's difficult and I'm, I hate to hear that that happened to you, but while you were going through that, and, and it's funny because I was just listening to, um, Brene Brown and how she talks about shame and things like that. Did you have shame because you were in this marriage and you were married to this person? How did you feel? I mean, aside from knowing that 
you were being abused? Did you feel like you put yourself in this position? Did you, you know, did you beat yourself up about it? Oh yeah, Trina. Uh, so, you know, it's really strange being a victim of abuse it is very odd because there was a sense of me, yes, I blamed him for abusing me, but then I felt like I was at fault for being complicit to remain there. And I blame myself for picking him as my husband, and I blame myself for listening to him for all that mental and verbal abuse I got and believe, beginning to believe it. And then I blamed him for my depression and suicidal thoughts. And I blamed him for changing uh, myself for, um, how should I say, changing my personality and allowing him to change my personality. And so I blame myself for all that. And most importantly, I blame myself for remaining in this situation. Mm. So yeah, there, there was a lot of shame involved in that. Of course, nobody wants to come out and say, Hey, I'm being abused by your, your partner, or your husband or whoever, um, because you're still there, especially <laughs> nobody wants to tell that story. Yes, exactly. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, isn't funny, not funny, but um, sort of like you, I have a similar story where I ended up getting married very young, um, actually to a person that I didn't want to marry, didn't like, but because I had a mother and a brother who were kind of um, saying that, oh, why, why don't you marry this person? And I doubted myself because I grew up with this low self-esteem and I knew I didn't like this person. This person wasn't good for me, but thinking that my mother and brother knew best for me and cared about me. And just to give you a backstory, my mother was very verbally abusive to me. Um, I soon found out that they would pressure me to marry this person because they were trying to get finances from me. They thought that they would be able to get money. But anyway, um, this person was very abusive to me um, mentally. And finally, uh, the last straw was he tried to have me killed by police officers. What? Yes. It, you know, it's and I haven't told many people this. And I have uh, another brother, an elder brother who he and I are very close. And I think I've really only shared that with him and a very good friend of mine. But one day I came home from being gone all day and he had called the police basically telling them that I was going crazy. I was in the house with the gun, blah, blah, blah. And what he would do is part of his mental game was whenever I told him he needed to be a man and, and, you know, work and provide, he would leave. So he would leave me and run to his parents or to the girlfriend or whoever he had and just leave me going, you know, where are you? What's going on? And he did it this time. And he called the police I guess before he left the house saying that I was in the house with a gun threatening to kill him going crazy, blah, blah, blah. So I get home and I'm, you know, I see that he's left again. So of course I'm like, okay, this is the final straw. I'm pissed. I'm going about my way. And then I hear the knock at the door, you know, the police knock the, you know, open up. This is the police. And I'm going, what the hell? I open the door and there's two police officers with their guns drawn. Oh my God. And I go, what the heck is this? So I just immediately start crying. And then, you know, once they, you know, looked at me and saw as I wasn't a threat, they put the gun away, you know, I explained to them. And basically they told me he called 911, you know, giving this false report saying that 
I was, you know, waving a gun and threatening to shoot him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that cop after me talking to him and telling him my story, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to write this police report so that no judge can deny you a divorce. He said, because if he went through this kind of length to try to, he said, because he said, honestly, he said, if it had been anybody besides me and my partner, you would be dead right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He said, so he said, I fear for your life. So please leave the situation. He actually um, did. He wrote the police report basically saying that this guy tried to kill me and I was in harm's way and I was 24 years old you know, right out of college. And I blame myself like you, I can relate because I was like, how stupid am I? You know, yeah. <laughs> I was 24 years old. I had my whole, I, w- I felt so great because I had put myself through college and I had my whole life ahead of me, but because my mother was verbally abusive and she thought that me getting married was going to, you know, make me provide for her financially. She and my brother ganged together telling me that I should marry somebody. And the funny thing is they knew nothing about this person. Huh. So I, I can relate to that. Yeah. So how did you have any support system while you, you know, as you were trying to get out of this situation, did you have anyone to turn to a family or friend, somebody to say, okay, you need to get out of that situation. Let me help you. You know what? I was so embarrassed about what was going on. I couldn't talk about it. I was so, so embarrassed. I didn't want to talk to my friends. I didn't want to talk to my family, my sisters. <laughs> In fact, you know, while the marriage evolved, um, he was getting worse in the sense of more jealous, more controlling, more possessive. I was becoming more alienated from my friends and family. I, you know, started just dropping you know, seeing them. And so I felt really isolated. And, Mm. and so for, I didn't tell anybody what was going on and not until after I left. And then that's when things started to unravel. (laughs) Wow. So how did you, how did you find the strength to get yourself out of that situation? And what did you do to say, you know what? I'm better than this. Okay. So leading up to the time that I left, I was constantly thinking about my depression, my suicide. In fact, I used to joke with myself like, okay, let's run through the 50 ways I can kill myself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I laugh about it now, but I knew I was never going to do it because my parents would kill me. But... <laughs> but but I thought about it all the time. And so, you know, I kept thinking, well, I picked them. I'm just going to have to live with it. That's just, you know, I just got the lemon. <laughs> I got the bum deal. I'm going to have to figure this out. But then as it got worse and worse and worse, it finally got to an explosive fight where it was starting to get where he was going to be physically violent with me uh, as in a fight. And so... I just said, this is not going to get better. And I got to the point of realization where I was 23 and I said, I do not want to live the rest of my life this way. Nobody is going to take charge and fix this for me. I have to do something. And so it was up to me and it it was disturbing because I knew change is uncomfortable. 
and letting down my family, his family, and then having to reveal what was going on is it just that was almost like more painful than staying. So, but when I when I said to myself, I'm never going to have kids with this guy. I was more protective of my unborn kids than than I was for myself. And so I said, that is just a sign. I got to get out of this. And so realizing that I had to take responsibility for my life, no matter how uncomfortable it was, that was my aha moment. Wow. Yeah. And I want to touch on that a little bit, the, the take charge and take responsibility for your life. Because that's very important. I think, um, especially for women, like you said, when we're in that shame and that guilt, we we kind of just figure, okay, this is the you know fate that we've been given, and we're ready to go on. Because I felt the same way you did. I was like, well, I married this person, so I'm gonna you know stick it out and see if it can work. And I was thinking, how crazy am I? This is not gonna work, right? So what what would you tell? another woman, whether they're in an abusive relationship or anything else, what would you tell them about taking that responsibility for their lives? Okay. So, you know what, it just applies to anything in life. You're like, if you got a sucky job or a sucky relationship or sucky, whatever is whatever that you're unhappy with, it is up to us. Is 100% up to us. If we're unhappy with something, it is up to us to change. And no one is going to do it for us. You know, we don't have, like, we're not, you know, five years old anymore, and our mom and dad aren't going to fix whatever (laughs) for us anymore. We're adults now. We have to take care of ourselves. Nobody's going to know you like you do and what your wants and desires. So if something is making you unhappy, you have the power to change it. You have the power to take action, even if it's just a little baby step, you know, making a phone call, talking to a friend, you know, sharing your story, Whatever it is, make a small little inch towards your goal and making that change because nobody's going to do it for you. So good. That is so true. Um, I've learned that as well in life that, yeah, you have to do it yourself because you can't wait on anyone else. That's right. So once you get past all of that in that situation, what did you decide to do with your life and as far as restarting a new? What what did you do? Well, you know, once I uh, got out of that relationship, I felt free and I went back to school. I became a photojournalist and a professional photographer. And I was just, you know, the, the doors opened up and for my freedom. And I, w- I was feeling great, except for the PTSD, the trauma. That's what kept dragging me down and, and making me keep thinking about the situation I was went in way back then. So with the PTSD, did you seek um, counseling? How did you, how did you deal with that to move forward in your life? I did, you know, I, I did seek counseling a few different times and it's funny, you know, this would happen a while ago. So none of them had, had diagnosed me with PTSD. They just realized I was in an abusive relationship and, 
And it, it was always how, how can you, um, see things differently? How can you see things differently about yourself? What does it tell you about yourself? And it's always all about self-reflection. And, you know, we attract what we, what we were like, what? You mean it's all my fault? (laughs) I was, it was very disturbing to me actually sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But eventually what ended up happening is a long time ago, um, my husband, I had a, I had a trigger moment. And what I call a trigger moment was something is said, it's either a word or a voice, a tone of voice that triggers me to flash back to a moment when I was being abused. And it would bring back all the emotional memories that came along with it. You know, the anxiety, the panic attack, the heart racing, the fear, and I want to run and I go cry and all that stuff. And he said, we're just having a casual conversation. He said something in a certain tone. I don't even know what it was. But then I had my freak out moment. And he was like, oh, my God, what is happening to you? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> and then I, I said, you know what? I think it's because it reminded me of way back then when I was married to that guy and what was happening to me. And he, and he asked me two really important questions. And he said, one Kathy, do you understand that I love you and I would never, ever intentionally try to hurt you? And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. Of course, I completely trust you. And then the second thing is, Kathy, do you realize that memories are intangible? Meaning it's not like a rock or a bat or something that could throw at you and knock you out. (laughs) It's like you are safe right now. A memory in the distant past cannot hurt you. And that was like the light bulb went off in my brain and then the the angel saying, ah. (laughs) So I was like, wow, you know, that means that I was letting these past memories have power over me. And when I, once I figured that out, like, holy cow, that means that I can take charge of power of my, how I react to my memories. It wasn't that I was deleting the memories. I think it's important for us to keep them because that's how we learn lessons and be the people that we are today. But what it does is it, it allowed me to detach my reaction, my emotional reaction to my memories. And so once I figured that out, it took some practice because I would still get those triggers now and then. And then like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I remember. Memories are intangible. <laughs> and I do through these three steps that I do. And then now I can talk about my past, my trauma, without freaking out about it. And I know I'm in a safe place. I'm talking to Trina here. And she's a lovely, beautiful person. And she does not want to hurt me. <laughs> and, uh, and I can, you know, be myself. I like what your husband said about memories being intangible because that's true. And I never thought about it when you said it. I said, huh, that, that is true. It's like you said, we're choosing to allow that to come into our mind and our being to affect us. But again, it's not something that you can switch on and off. It's going to take time yes. for you to get past that. So how did you get past? What kind of things did you do? to kind of ease and get yourself to a point where it wasn't making you freak out. Yes, you still have those memories, but where they weren't controlling you. Okay. So one of the steps is, you know, setting up a baseline of looking at what your memories 
uh, or kind of dis- dissecting them. So I call it a memory has a, a, your it has its historical element and its emotional element. So your historical memories could be like, okay, I got in a car accident, a car hit me, broadsided me, flipped my car over, landed upright, and I got injured and it broke my leg. Now that recount is com- purely factual. So you being in the Navy, you could understand this, you know, very analytical report. There are no emotions in your Navy reports, I presume. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be funny, but <laughs> but your emotional memory could be, and if we're talking about the same car accident, is that okay, so I'm driving along and then all of a sudden I hear this crash and oh my God, I'm, in, I'm, I'm so scared. And then my car flipped over and I was so confused. And, and then I landed and I'm just uh, panicking and I don't know what to do. And, you know, so even like me creating this imaginary story, I'm getting myself worked up. You know, my heart's starting to race. Oh my God, this sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if we can dissect your historical memory versus your emotional reaction memory. Okay. So the first step is awareness. Notice what are your physical reactions when you get a trigger? So is your heart racing? Uh, Do you feel like you need to run um, and flee the room? Or do you feel like uh, the room's closing in on you? Are you going to have a panic attack? You know, what are your physical symptoms? Because this will be your first step and noticing that your trigger is about to happen. Okay. The next thing is what was that trigger? What was it that set you off? Like, okay, was it a word? Was it a sound? You know, something, think about your five senses, you know, so you have your sight, your hearing, your smell, taste, and touch, you know, was it something that you felt or tasted or smelled, you know, that like, holy cow, that reminds me back when I was five years old or whatever it was. What was it? So when you get to step three is just to stop and pause, sort of like take a breath. Okay, so my heart's racing. I'm starting to freak out. Okay, what was my trigger? Oh, the trigger was, you know, the smell, like, uh, you know, set me back. Oh, uh, and then realize that you are in a safe place. You are not reliving your memory. Your memory is intangible. You disconnect the association, what's going on. And so it puts you back in reality in the moment. And then you're able to like, ah, okay, so I don't need to actually react that way right now. I am in a safe place. I'm okay. Trina's not trying to hurt me and throw rocks at me or whatever. (laughs) And then it puts you back like, oh, I'm back in reality now. Okay. Those three steps is what helped me get through all my PTSD. Wow. And, and that's, those steps are good. And, and as you're describing them, I'm thinking, yeah, I can, I can use those steps for a lot of other things, not just bad memories. Yeah. Because we often do get in those situations and whether it's a bad situation or maybe just saying, oh, I'm getting nervous before a talk, you know, like me, you know, where you say, okay, calm yourself down, you know, <laughs> yeah. your heart is racing. You're, you, so you can talk yourself through and calm yourself down. So I think that's, that mechanism is good for anything as far as just keeping yourself in control. Yes. And that's, I think that helps us out so that we don't freak out about whatever, whatever that 
is. That's um, right. Yeah. So that's that's very good. So you've moved on from the trauma. So what are you doing today? <laughs> okay. So, so what I'm doing today is, um, you know what? I just, uh, let my real estate license go. I was a photojournalist, photographer, became a real estate agent. I just let it go because I wanted to focus more on the podcast and interviewing people and kind of, you know, I, I got so engrossed in the study of it all and human resilience. And so I'm actually starting to put things together and, finding the common threads, you know, what are the common threads? You know, I I have almost a hundred interviews done. And so, God, you know, there's all this information. I got to compile it somehow. So that's on the works. And, um, and the next, you know, most coming future is I just got participated to be in the Be Whole, Be Free virtual summit is talking about, um, spirituality, mental health, relationships, uh, family, um, business, anything to help improve, inspire, and, and learn and learn strategies and tips. And so there's a 45, I think, speakers involved, and I'll be one of them. And it comes out in August, mid-August, August 12th through the 17th. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That sounds very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very interesting. So I'm going to touch on your other big thing in your bio where you say, you know, you've had all of these different careers and um, just tell me a little bit about that. You've already said you were a photojournalist um, and you were in real estate. You've always kind of, and I, and I take that as you've reinvented to yourself several times. Yes. So I'm a big um, fan of that because I'm in the process of doing that as well, reinventing myself. And I think you do that throughout life. I don't, I think if you're not doing something like that, you're not growing because where you are today may not be the place that you want to be five, 10 years from now. Sure. So just tell the listeners a little bit about you and your self reinvention. What made you do it? What are you learning? And where are you trying to go with it? Okay. So let's see here. I've had several careers and looking back over time, I seem to get like a seven year itch. <laughs> so every seven, eight years, I started like, you know what? Uh, this is great, but I want to do something different. So I first started out as a legal secretary. I did that for actually about 10 years, went back to school, got my degree, became a photojournalist, did that for about seven, eight years, became a professional photographer, did that about seven, eight years. There was a lot of overlap um, between those last two. Then um, got injured with my back from the photography. And so I decided to become a real estate agent and did that for eight years. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, you know, that was going great. And um, But you know what? Every single time I felt like if it's not feeding my soul, it's draining it. So whenever I decided to change careers, it was uncomfortable because I had to get out of my uh, regular routine. My paycheck usually took a little dump. (laughs) I wasn't sure if there was going to be another paycheck. So there was some risk involved, but my drive, my motivation to want to change, want to learn something new was greater than sticking to a job that just wasn't fulfilling me. 
And so that's why I changed so many times. I can relate. Again, I I think I'm with you as well. The Navy I've been in for almost 30 years and I can't believe it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) my other careers, I'm kind of like you. I've been in, you know, eight, nine. The last last job I had was uh, 11 years. But I like what you said as far as each time you did it, you were scared because there was uncertainty. Yes. Talk about that for me because I think a lot of us are scared to go to that next level and whatever that next level may be for us. Um, I think we're scared, but I, I think like you say, you have to take a risk because if you don't do it scared, you'll never do it. There's no perfect time, no perfect anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like saying, oh, I'm going to wait till everything's perfect to have a baby. It, is there oh. no perfect time? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, talk about talk about how you were afraid and how you overcame that fear of every time you decided to change careers and what did you learn from that experience? Okay, that's a really great question because I remember being nervous about changing careers and um, starting something new, especially going back to school because that takes a lot of time. But whenever I was scared, I try to think of it this way. Don't confuse fear versus excitement. So excitement can feel like fear almost. Your heart's racing, you're jittery, and you're chopping at your toes, sitting at the edge of your seat, whatever. (laughs) That's a good thing. And having a little bit of fear, meaning like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, or oh, is this, uh, I want to do it, but I'm nervous. You know, having a little bit of that is called, you know, what I call putting a fire under your seat. You need that in order to propel you to make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to carry forward, right? So the thing is, if you know you want to try or do something new and it's your, it's fulfilling in your heart, then expect to have a little fear, a little fire under your chair and excitement because that's what you want because it's that will get you motivated to do the things that you need to do. I love it. That That is so on point there that the fear should be a, a driver, not a deterrent. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Because if you have no fear, you're, you're not like, wow, you know, why bother doing it? <laughs> Actually, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> it would be a boring job if you had no fear. Exactly. You know, it's like um, I've heard people say, I think it was uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. He, he was saying that if you're the smartest of your friends, you have the wrong friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you should be surrounding yourself with people who stretch you and make you grow. Yes. So, that's it, true. yeah, that's the same thing. And, and I'm totally. Um, agreeing with fulfilling, you know, and because we spend so much time on a job and when it's not fulfilling, you lose interest and motivation and it's, it's not a good thing. So having something that fulfills you makes life so much more enjoyable. Oh yeah. I mean, cause imagine spending your life doing a job that you hate, pretend you're at your retirement at that job 
and you look back, are you going to be happy? Like, oh, I'm so happy that I spent, you know, 50 years at this job that I hated. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And then, then, you know, now you retire and, you know, they say statistically people who retire after those long-term jobs, they die within five years. So (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's not worth the pension. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Who cares? You got a pension if you're dead. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm just loving the conversation. Somehow we're just clicking. But (laughs) I'm going to move it into the 10 questions. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So question number one. Who or what motivates you? You know what? Doing this podcast, like talking to you and the other people that I interview, it's it's like a shot in the arm of positivity. Like I get a positive seminar every week. <laughs> That's what really motivates me today. Yes. Okay. What demotivates you? Negative people. Yes. Yeah, it does. So my, so I like to say everybody goes through adversity, right? My podcast focuses on people who overcame it, but with a positive outcome. I don't want to have the venting podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You need therapy for that one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Go somewhere else. Oh, my goodness. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you? but it worked for your good. You know what? Okay. So when I was in real estate, I had um, a nightmare client and went sideways. They said, you know, very unpleasant things (laughs) to me and to my company. And it, it was one of the reasons why I decided, you know what, this isn't fun anymore. And then it got me into um, being semi-retired, doing the podcast. And now I'm just like so happy. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, that client that just kind of pushed me like that way, then I wouldn't have been here as soon as I would be. That's good. What is your fear? My fear. Wow. That's a good one. Um, you know, for the longest time, it was about talking about my trauma because I was like, oh, I don't want to be like one of those venting people, you know. <laughs> but now I, I see it in a different way where uh, for the people who have learned lessons and overcame their adversities, I think it's also part of our responsibility, our duties to share them now that we learn something. So that way we can help others. You know, if they're going through something difficult, maybe they don't have to reinvent the wheel. We reinvented our own wheels. Maybe you could learn something from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there a time when you wish that you had done something that you didn't? You know what? I had secretly wanted to get a helicopter pilot's license. <laughs> wow. I even checked out the school. They took me on a free ride and they were trying to recruit me, but it ended up costing way too much money. And so I never did. <laughs> but I was like, dang, you know what? If I win the lottery, I'm going to go get one. <laughs> Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? 
No. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Even the trauma, because you know what, if it wasn't for that trauma, I wouldn't be the person who I am today. And I certainly wouldn't be probably in a situation talking to you, Trina. So no, no regrets. Okay. What is your definition of success? Ah, success is living a life that is fulfilling, full of love and in the present, you know, not living in the past, like we talked about earlier, but living in the present and just being aware of how great life is. Okay. How do you recharge? Recharge. You know what? I love reading. I love reading inspirational books, stories, you know, that really helps me. And, um, and then also talking to great people. Like you remember you were saying, surround yourself with people that are inspire you or smarter than you or more successful. That is also motivating for me. Okay. What are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? Um, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, you know what? I, I'm not sure, but people have told me that I'm easy to talk to. So so maybe I'm awesome at that. (laughs) You can tell me that Trina. (laughs) I was going to say, hence we're here and it's been enjoyable. So I think so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, what legacy do you want to leave? That I provided an, uh, another source of positivity. Um, so my, my mission is to create positive ripple effects and inspire others to create their own. That's great. Um, so I would like you to give the listeners one motivational takeaway. One motivational takeaway be patient with yourself. So if you need to do those three steps to overcoming your trauma and not relive your past memories or not react to them, please be patient with yourself. This took me a long time to figure out and to keep practicing. It takes practice and practice and practice. And so just be kind, treat yourself as if you were your own best friend, because those are your best cheerleaders, your best friends are your best cheerleaders. So treat yourself as if you're your own best friend, be patient, be kind. Those were some great words of wisdom. So Kathy, go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you, your podcast and any social media platforms and things like that to draw on. Okay, great. Well, you can find me at theinspirecafe.com and my emails on there and all my social media. So just go to that website. You can um, check out the podcast as well. Again, it's theinspirecafe.com. Well, Kathy, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today. It's been a pleasure to hear your inspirational story. Oh, I love being t- being uh, here with you, Trina. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash book Trina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey not a destination.
You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.